This is Evgeny Malkin and you are listening to Mark Madden on 1059 The X. Double M on the X, joined now by Dejan Kovacevic from DKPittsburghSports.com, the Serbian reactionary. Dejan, what's your reaction to the Wilson hit? We still don't know if there's a suspension. The hearing uh, may be going on as we speak, but uh, just looking at it and having a hearing is long overdue because, after all, it's the guy's third clear-cut headshot in nine playoff games. Well, keep going. I mean, you can go back to... This past preseason, when he was suspended for six total games for going after two St. Louis rookies. Uh, well, no, game. those were two separate incidents. He got uh, suspended for two preseason right, games and a four. then another incident for four regular season right, games. Right, but that was he was suspended for four regular season games for an action in the preseason. So both of the actions were in exhibitions. And he, he's just that, Mark. He's a scumbag. He's a, he's a loose cannon who is completely comfortable with hurting people. Uh, I was trying to come up with a list of... People in sports that I could compare that to in a column today, I, you know, Vontez Perfect. Vontez Perfect is He's the first Vontez one that comes Burfecht to mind. Skates. Well, let's throw in Matt Cook. You know, from his time with the Penguins, there's a reason the Penguins came down on him as hard as they did. You know, Bill Romanowski, guys like that, they just have no respect at all for the game. Uh, how you look at that hit, though, that one. I mean, the Dumoulin one, you could you know draw up all different kinds of scenarios, but where he launches himself upward into a guy who is four inches shorter than him and elevates to the point where he ends up vertically into the Capitals' bench. I mean, it's textbook. It's textbook of targeting the head. A textbook intent, but intent really shouldn't have anything to do with it. Nope. As Ken Dryden says, as Kevin Colbert, the Steelers' GM, said on our show earlier this week. Now, uh, what suspension are you expecting <laughs> I, I, well, no, no, no. I think he gets. I think he gets one game to appease the Penguins and to appease those who want uh, stuff like this punished. They don't care, but they are in the PR business, and that I think will put them in the appeasement. Business. I think if anything will bother George Paros and the guys at the NHL is that he embarrassed them. You know, well, George Paros is a pig. You know what I'm saying. There's though. no way a guy. You know what I'm saying. There's no way a guy who did nothing but violate player safety should be in charge of player he, safety. He has this. That's one of the dumbest hires in the history of, of hires. hires. <laughs> yes, one of. He has this. Uh, he has this thing where he, Paris hooked up with Tom Wilson apparently before sometime before the playoffs and they had this conversation about like, well, what can I do and what can I do? Wilson was well, the that, one who reached not, out to them. That's not George Paris's job to no. coach players on what they can and can't no. do. But you know what that is? That's a goon talking to another goon. That's, it's that's two all goons that is commiserating. And 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 George Paris, I found this quote uh, he wouldn't talk to us last night, but he talked to the New York Times three weeks ago for this extensive interview, and he was talking about how the hardest part of his job is telling guys that they're suspended and telling their GMs, really? Dude, how about sitting in that press box last night and watching what you created? How about watching Zach Aston Reese have his jaw busted open in a concussion? George Paris is an absolute pig. It's like putting a mass murderer on the United States Supreme Court. That now should be the hardest part of his job, Mark. Here, here's some other problems I have uh, in relation to the Wilson hit. A, people are defending it. All the ex-players and coaches on TV, Barnaby. Barry Melrose, Keith Jones, <laughs> Mike Milbury, Jeremy Roenick, that's bad for hockey. And how can hockey let those guys represent the game and what the game wants and stands for on national TV? Yeah. Because the NFL would not. The NFL wouldn't. 
And and that's where it all comes down to, and I know this sounds like a boring cop-out of an answer, but it just does come down to Gary Bettman because this starts at the top. The culture, the mindset that Gary Bettman allowed when he was excessively, pathetically influenced by Brian Burke when Burke was his underling. Burke's the ultimate NHL dinosaur. And for those who don't know, he used to be, in addition to Bettman's second-hand man, he's now the, the president of the Calgary Flames, which is why they go nowhere. Well, no, I, he got let go. You're behind. I am? Yes. Well, that's good news for hockey right there. Maybe the NHL will reemploy him. He'll wind up somewhere else. Yeah, may, maybe they will. But that's why, though, Mark. Those guys they they see that, and Bettman was influenced by that. Well, they early want the in game to be equal parts tough and skill. I, I, you're giving them too much credit. Bettman was just excessively influenced by these guys early in his tenure, and never let go of the idea that this is hockey. Another peripheral thing that makes me mad about that hit: Aston Reese had to get hurt badly to even get Wilson a hearing. That shouldn't be what it takes. I knew there would be hearing, and Mike Sullivan played this well, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. When he said after the game, immediately. What was wrong? That Aston Reese had a broken mm-hmm. jaw and a concussion. I think that put Wilson in the soup more than he would have been. Yeah, because normally the Penguins would tell the NHL. They would let NHL player safety know what the injury is, and I'm sure they did with Brian Dumoulin. But in this case, he wanted to put them on the spot. He wanted to embarrass them a little bit, assuming that they can even be embarrassed. What a league. What a, listen to the stuff we're talking about here. That game last night theoretically could have been oh, with, a without great the, one. Without the Wilson hit, it's an all-time classic. I mean, you, you know, one thing, I guarantee you, even in Washington, they're not talking about their generational goal scorer and the fantastic goal he scored there at the end. You know why? Because that guy also slew-footed Ole Mata to make the two-on-one happen. I'd call it a trip more than a slew foot. Whatever but, you'd call it. But there should have been a pen for sure. Now, how will the Penguins respond tomorrow night, both to the Wilson hit and to losing game three? They won't respond to the Wilson hit. They, who, who's going to do that, Mark? Who's going to do that? Jamie Alexiak? All Alexiak's going to do is challenge someone to fight well, him. Alexiak wanted to fight Wilson, and Wilson wouldn't go. And he's going to challenge people to fight him, and no one's going to fight him. Who would fight Jamie Alexiak other than Ryan Reeves, who isn't around anymore? So it, it, you're not going to see some great big challenge. I think... If the Penguins are going to be motivated, and if you're going to see the best version of themselves, what are they going to do? They're going to skate. I mean, that's what I heard from guys last night. That's what they were telling me. No, they said all the right things afterward. Well, I don't know that they were just saying them. No, 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 I agree. I mean, I, I have no doubt that they would all love to cause Tom Wilson great physical pain, not necessarily injuring him, but whatever. But at the same time, look, the most painful thing that they can do to the Capitals is the same thing they always do to the Capitals, which is beat them. Uh, why are the Penguins allowing so many odd man breaks? Not just the one that decided the game, but they allowed four two-on-one breaks in the last 10 minutes of a tied Stanley Cup playoff game, and that just can't happen. No, and I, I know that you asked Barry Trotz about that at the press conference last night, and he, he you wanted a technical answer, and he wasn't going to give it to you, obviously. Uh, what, I, what I'm seeing right now from the Capitals is they're, they're keeping a couple of forwards up high, and making sure that they track the Penguins' defensemen when they pinch. And if you look at that sequence last night, that's what happened. Wilson was over there before the trip, pressuring Mata. Mata makes the really lousy pass there into the middle that ends up triggering it the other way. They're following the Penguins' defensemen back in on the pinch. It's an unusual uh, defensive plan. You know who used to do that? It was Kevin Constantine. So he, he's Trotz is actually kind of from that same era of defensive coaches. Well, it's a good strategy. It and, is. It works. I, I think that the Penguins defensemen need to be more judicious when they pinch, not go after any puck that's not a 50-50 or better puck, yep. and they need to get more of a piece of the Capitals player. They're looking to just steal the puck 
you got to play equal parts man, equal parts puck. And if it sounds difficult, it's because it is. It is. But you still got to do it. And you know who did it really well last night, better than anybody? Brian Dumoulin, who was absolutely wonderful at both ends of the rink, uh, especially coming off uh, the injury that he had. Uh, His pinches were outstanding. He was able to work his way into the zone in a safe situation, and a forward is able to cycle back. Uh, Remember, that's the other part of this, too. You do need a forward coming back. But Crystal Tang told me last night, uh, in no uncertain terms, that I, I think you're going to see them be a little bit more careful about pinching without going away from who they are. Now let's look at the positive for a second. That Sid line is on fire, and this is the best hockey Jake Gensel's ever played, even better than last year when he led the playoffs with 13 goals. Because he hasn't hit that slump. And, and that's when you start wondering. Well, what... he did a bit during the regular season. No, no, no. I, production... meant, I meant in these playoffs. Oh, right. No, he, he's I, he hasn't even had an off game. You're right. I mean, between the Philadelphia and Washington series. And remember that even in the playoffs last year was during the Ottawa series where he kind of hit a little bit of a wall, and then it wasn't until the big goal against Nashville that he kind of woke back up again. When he starts doing things like that move that undressed Dmitry Orlov, right? that's when you start wondering, you know what, maybe this actually was just a really great draft pick by Ray Shiro and his <laughs> scouts. Do you know what I'm saying? No, Jake's a good player. He's a coach. He doesn't often make mistakes, and he he, he really does uh, reset. Like, that's the cliche term. Matt Murray uses it all the time, but he resets he after does. bad shifts and bad games. He does. He keeps his brain clean. And, and, and the other thing, I, I, I like you mentioned being a coach's kid, Mike Gensel, who's a really busy guy, you know, uh, as a collegiate, as an NCAA head coach, still finds Associate time. Coach, yeah. Still finds time to be around Jake, including in person, and they communicate all the around time. Around Jake, he was at my radio show last night at Buford's Fifth Avenue. There you go. Uh, Didn't he, seem to he, know what to make of it. <laughs> he is. He is. Uh, he's. He's an excellent hockey mind and a great resource for Jake. Now, uh, let's look at the negative uh, up front. The Penguins are getting zero scoring beyond that Sid line. And the defensemen are contributing much defensively either. Uh, how do you fix that? Or can you? Or does somebody just have to start scoring for God's sake? Well, here's a classic case of preaching to the choir, considering the host of this program. But Malkin and Kessel need to play together. But that. But you know what though? I've don't always, tell me you're changing. No, your tune I know. I've always said that. But it's tough to do when they're both playing hurt. And each has a little less mobility because of it. Yeah, but Phil really moved last night. That was the first time he moved. He got his skates going. He's just not making good decisions with the puck right now. I think now. his he's shoulders hurt. I confidence. think that's the injury. He, he's he's hesitant to shoot the puck. Yeah, I think it's hand or wrist, but I'm not sure. I, I, I know that it's whatever it is, it's clearly it's something that's upper body that's affecting. He's not shooting. He's not ripping the puck at I, all. I thought Gino looked good. Gino was I, fine. I thought he had some jump. I, I thought he had – there were some bad – Touches he made just based on not having played for a week. Yep. But but those disappeared as the game grew older. I mean, a player of that caliber is going to snap back into it fairly quick. So if you go with, let's say, Hagelin's going to come back, and it would appear based on him practicing in a contact sweater today that he will. If Hagelin is back, then you go with Malkin and Kessel and Hagelin? I don't know. I don't think Hagelin's back. You know what I might try? But they hmm. won't. Hmm. I might try Broussard on left wing with Kessel and Malkin. And what, Mark? He's already way too much on the perimeter. I don't want him on the wing. Yeah, Honest, but he, he has but, to get involved but he works, at some point. But he works hard and he skates like crazy. He skates like crazy, but he's got it. Last night he got into well, his there, first okay, two or three you, skirmishes. Who would you put with Malkin and Kessel if uh, Hagelin's not available? Rust. Uh, he's a right wing. He's the cure-all. He's a right wing. So you put Phil on the left. That, no. I, I'm just saying that you. No what, way. That's just I, awful. I, let's put it this way. My thought process would begin, and I think theirs will too, 
with somehow what do we do to get Malkin and Kessel together? That I think they're going to start from that and see where it goes. It shouldn't go with either Rust or Kessel at left wing. Uh, Matt Murray led in a bet. Oh, we're talking today's on Kovacevic brought to you by Walnut Grill. Uh, Matt Murray led in a bad goal last night, that Niskanen goal. That's not necessarily indicative of Murray's overall play, but it was very costly. It was. And, you know, I've seen some super crazy slow-mo close-ups of the goal. Oh, where his pad, like, flipped over. It just doesn't look like it was on very tight. Yeah, why would that happen? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, like it looked like it turned a little bit, and the puck kind of exactly. rolled over it. Yeah, for anybody who's ever, if you ever looked the back of a goaltender, goaltender's leg pad, it just has you know three straps that go across the back. Um, it kind of forms like a semicircle, and if if it's loose, that pad is going to kind of twist. And this can hit it pretty hard, but that's got to be stopped in that situation a hundred times out of a hundred. Uh, whether it's the glove, the pad, whatever it is, um, it's unscreened. He, you know, Murray said that he said there was kind of a flyby screen, and there was, but he had a clean shot, a uh, clean view of that shot, and didn't make the save. And you know what? What, what bothered me more though, Mark, was that before that, I got the sense that he was kind of iffy on longer shots in general. You know, he was letting them go through him. He wasn't handling them right. But there was, was that one bad angle them. shot that the trickle just past the far post. He's got to be better. And right now, Braden Holtby's out I don't think he's him. been terrible, nope, but, but he's got to be better. I Braden, think that's fair. Braden Holtby's been better, and to me, that's been, from a hockey standpoint, the biggest difference in the series. Um, We talked before about the lack of uh, scoring from the second, third, and fourth lines. What about the defense not pitching in with, with goals or even many assists? Because, like I've said repeatedly, I understand the notion of the defenseman joining every rush. I understand the notion of the defenseman pinching down low to get pucks because that's their style. But if defensemen don't produce because of it, it's un, it's risk without reward, and, and that's when you have to dial it back once you realize that. Yeah, although they 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 do more pinching just to sustain the attack as as opposed to getting goals out of it. And the, on the power play is really where you need to see, you know, scoring from the points here. I thought Justin Schultz had a really good overall offensive game. Yeah, but there were, there were a couple times he joined the rush. And, and and just missed out. Yeah. Well, a, and I wish it would have been somebody else. And, and <laughs> well, terrible he, to say. No, he misses the net. He does. Yeah, he, he missed the net clean one time. And he and the other time he put it right into Holpe's shoulder. Well, no, he actually had a pretty yeah. good shot short side that yeah. almost snuck in, but Holpe made the save. Yeah, so he, uh, you know, yeah, you need to get somebody else involved. Uh, but that listen to what we just talked about earlier, though. You know, you also want them to be careful because you're giving up you know what is it? Twelve two. Oh no, I don't want them to be. Up? I don't want them to be as involved. Well, but you want them to score. No, I want them to to score if they get involved. Yeah, but I they're think, not. I, I think, so don't get as involved. From a, I, all I want them to do with the pinch and jumping in the rush. Yeah, is to pick their spots, support, play scoring situation, and understand who they are. Case in point, Chad Ruweedle could jump into every rush he wants. He's not going to help that much. Well, he can because if he jumps into the rush, and this is this is what I think you're saying here is that he offers another player that the other team has to defend. You're not sitting there taking names as they're coming down the rink, you know, and you spread that out and you maybe some, create some a little bit more room. Smart players do. Some will. Smart players do. Uh, finally, what's going to happen tomorrow night? I think Pittsburgh wins. I think it's a seven-game series. Yeah, I, I, I've said pretty much from the beginning that I, I thought it was going to be seven, uh, mostly because I thought there were a couple problems that Penguins would be presented with in terms of Washington's power play, and that's been the case um, at some point or other, you got to keep Alexander Ovechkin from scoring. But the real answer, the real answer, is that they need to have their first 
significant sustained offensive attack other than those six minutes in game one. That's Dejan Kovacevic. Check out DKPittsburghSports.com. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. 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 Dial 412-333-WXDX and ask Mark anything. 105.9.